Welcome to the Fort Lee Regional Chamber of Commerce presents Members at Work Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fort Lee Regional Chamber of Commerce Members at Work Podcast. I'm your host, Fela, and I'm here with my fellow co-host, Hope Rothenberg, Executive Director of the Chamber. Hello. So glad to be here again. It's always a fun time. Yes, yes, yes. And we have um, another fantastic member. Um, Also, she's a dementia care specialist, Vivian Green Corner. Oh, thanks. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. And before I start, I want to thank you, Fela, for giving me this opportunity. I really appreciate all that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, what you do already, I have great respect for because I had Mm -hmm. a, a grandmother who suffered from Alzheimer's and it was a long road. So, I mean, that that was, she kept going for like 10 years. So it it was a very long road. And so I really appreciate what you do as well. And I mean, that really helps the community as well. And thank you for being a member of the chamber and a beloved member of the chamber because you just help everybody. So Mm. thank you so much. And last night when I was telling my husband that I was going to be doing this podcast, I said, if I had only known Vivian when my mom was alive <laughs> yes. and we were going through it with her. Yes, I, I get that a lot. It was a totally different time, and there just weren't people that you could reach out to. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I tried. Mm-hmm. I really tried. Yeah. It was really hard. Yeah. It, it, they were just starting the adult daycare, which I was reading mm-hmm. in your bio, but they were just starting that. And uh, Anyway, let's get to you. Yes. So let's get into your background, Vivian. Where where are you from? How you know? How did you get into what you're getting in doing now? I grew up in Westchester and in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and I got my master's degree in the city, and I became a hospital administrator in a city hospital for eleven years, and uh, then my husband and I moved to New Jersey. And I was hired uh, to direct an adult daycare program, to which I knew nothing about dementia whatsoever. But the executive director said back then when you could say things like, you're a smart girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh (laughs) uh-huh. You can figure it out. (laughs) Way back then. Uh Uh-huh. I was absolutely awestruck by the dedication and the skill of my staff to engage individuals with Alzheimer's and have fun in a very positive way. I was absolutely awestruck by it. I thought there is something very important going on here. Mm-hmm. But my staff, because they were so capable in taking care of the individuals, it freed me up to pay attention to the caregiver. We had paid caregivers, aides in the program, and family caregivers, and I started to listen to their stories, and I started to understand the impact the disease has, as you mentioned, Fela, on the family. Mm-hmm. And who is helping them? 
And back then, not too many people were paying attention. So it was from that understanding that I had decided I wanted to make a commitment to the caregiver. Mm-hmm. And that was years ago. So I left that position, became, um, got a certification as a dementia care practitioner, and started my private practice. Oh, okay. So there is a certificate for dementia. Yeah. Yes, there is a certificate. Yes. And where did you get it? Uh, it's a national certificate. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and you have to uh, take continuing uh, CEU credits right. to uh, maintain yeah. that certificate. Right. Yes, right. yes. That makes sense. How long had that been around? Like, I feel like only in the past 20 years. Probably, so it's, it's probably, been, probably. Yeah. Probably. And as you said, Hope, years ago, nobody was out there. Exactly. Um, 20 but, years ago when my grandmother was sick. Yeah, right. it was, yeah. And And because more and more people are living longer, because mm-hmm. we're able to attend to heart illness, diabetes, people are living longer. And sadly, by the age 85, the statistics are that 45% of the population will have some diagnosed form of dementia. Yes. The highest risk of developing dementia is living longer. Mm. So more people are living longer. Mm-hmm. And... In terms of the work that I do, more people are having to step up to the plate and become a caregiver. Right. And the sandwich generation, that whole thing, because that's what I felt yes. when I was going through it. My yes. kids were little, relatively young, and that was really difficult, you know, a decision to put my mom in a care facility was like, just ripped me apart. But my husband and I talked about it. He said, Hope, I really don't think, you know... Your mom needs so much care. And um, anyway, let's get back to you. Sorry, I keep straying to it. But it's so emotional. It is very emotional. But what precedes also the emotion is the physical wear and tear. No question. Uh Yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the kinds of calls and contacts I get are things like my mother is calling me all day long because she can't find something. I'm at work. I can't respond to her telephone call, and I don't know. I know it's important to her. I don't know what to do about that. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, my wife is now refusing to shower or change her clothes. That was never a reality. You know, I was able to do it. What happens is people hit what I'll call a tipping point. Yes. And they, that's when I get it. You get the, the call. phone call. I get the call. What What do I do? Where do I go? What do I need to consider? My dad is in too many fender benders, shouldn't be driving anymore. He's not going to allow me to take the keys. I don't even know how to have this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And wow, what what, what do you do with that situation? Like, well, how do this you- is what I, you know, I understand <laughs> wow. that they need to take the key away, but having gone through this, you can't do that unless you have a contingency plan set up. So what I tell my families is we can't take the keys away till we have transportation 
mm. available. Right. Now, again, fortunately, now we have Uber. Uber. Um, uh, in New Jersey, Left. we have something called ITTN, which are volunteers that drive. But you can't. It's it's getting to where the person needs to go, and that they sustain their independence. Mm -hmm. Taking the keys away is one part, but you can't take somebody's independence That's away. the thing. Yeah. That's the thing we were trying to grapple with with my father-in-law. Yes. yes. Exactly. So that's where I work with the families. How to sustain somebody's safety and, and their independence. Because, right. I mean, they pretty I mean, any human being is going to give up once they don't feel like they have independence. Like, I, I mean... You have to have that. Like, that's a very important it's, step. <laughs> it's very like, important. And when I work not, with my caregivers, I explain to them that most older adults are at the age and stage where they are already experiencing many losses. Uh -huh. They're losing maybe some physical abilities. They've lost friends. Um, yeah. They're no longer working, so they're not feeling valuable or valued. They are already experiencing uh. Damn. losses and needing to hold on and control things Something. Yeah, right so things. you take away the car they're already back is up against the wall and that's where i deal with adult children about recognizing that they're already experiencing losses and rather than you're fixing it and checking it off your list they are weighing and measuring let me think about it i'll get back to you and it frustrates all of us, because we're doers, right? Mm -hmm. We love to get it off our list. Check it off our list. That's not developmentally where older adults are mm -hmm. because they are really focusing in on their losses and mm -hmm. they don't want to lose more. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so true. And some people with cognitive impairment recognize that there's a change and others don't. don't. And uh, that can be yeah. very frustrating where others around see changes and it's trying to talk rationally to somebody who really doesn't have the capacity to reason anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. it's hard. But again, that's where where I can step in. Okay. I can develop a relationship with that person um, or develop a relationship with the family so we can get to that point. So everything is pretty uh it it doesn't fit everybody. You you come up with different things for every family. Nothing is is cookie cutter. You At, you have to Yes. With this it's like okay, you this is where your dad you know, the you so you're creating a plan mm -hmm. for the family. That's is that right. what we're That's right. talking so, about? Exactly. And so when I do an assessment, uh -huh. I am assessing first the functional challenges that the person who has been diagnosed has, but I'm also assessing the understanding that the family has, the uh -huh. skill they have, and most importantly, the availability. Uh -huh. They have to be available to take care of that person. And if they're not, then we need to look at other resources. Oh, uh -huh. uh, was your father a VA, um, uh, a veteran of wars? Maybe there's entitlements there. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Do you have long-term care insurance? And, yeah. um, and maybe if you can't do it, how can we get an aide to come in and do that work? Okay. 
So that kind of brings us back around to Marissa from like New Jersey. What's her the name of her? Um, ah, man, I'm just escaping. New Jersey. Oh, Care. Campbell. Yeah, no, yeah, Marissa Campbell's. Loving care. Uh, yeah, loving care. We so, just did that podcast. Yeah, we just did that with that member. So you're kind of the extension of that as well. Or you're the you're the person who uh brings somebody like Marissa's um company, um, company in. That's right. If it Correct. is if it is determined that that's what's needed, mm-hmm. I only work with companies which I have vetted. I have mm-hmm. to know that they have trained their aides, mm-hmm. that the aides are experienced, and I will talk to Marissa and say, "Marissa, this is the case. This is what they need, and this is what's not going to work because I've already worked with the family mm-hmm. about what's going to work what's not going to work, what you need to look for. Mm-hmm. I have a whole comprehensive sheet about what to consider. It's scary because it people is. are so fixated that, oh, I don't want to bring somebody in. They steal. Yeah. My mother-in-law it's, just does not want any. She's 97, and my father-in-law is going to be 100 on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, I don't want anybody in my house. Right. And that is so common. So Again, as I'm developing the relationship and I am committed to I will bring somebody in from Marissa, but we Marissa and I are going to take care of it. We are working mm-hmm. together, together. So then when the person comes in, um, it's going to already be refined to meet your needs. And also, and Marissa and I agree about this, sometimes it, the first person doesn't work. Right. And that's okay. Right. It, you, you're starting a relationship. And if it doesn't, I tell my families, you need to speak up, and the agency will find a better match for you. Mm-hmm. But I think the beauty of it is having someone like you who isn't emotionally involved as a family member, which I didn't have. So trying to deal with the, your parent, it, it's, just, it's just too emotional. And you need that. Uh, I see it even with my husband now and his parents, (laughs) yeah, trying to bring help in. So when he was able to set up a meeting with an organization like Marissa's and sit down with my mother-in-law and let them talk to her and say, you know, and, and she made the parameters. And so she wasn't saying, oh, no, I don't want anybody in my house. She was, she at least gave them a chance to talk. She heard what they were saying. She finally agreed to a couple of days, uh-huh. and, you know, she'll see where that goes. Uh, unfortunately, my father-in-law ended up back in the hospital, but I think it's so wonderful seed, to have, uh-huh. right, yeah. a, a, a and, a, and you're a professional, and so you know the needs. People say to me, oh, I, you're an angel to do this work. I, you know, and it's, mm. I I. I am a good listener and I'm objective, but I know what my role and my responsibility is so the emotions don't kind of interfere. Mm-hmm. And I understand it. I, In the course of my work, my mom now has dementia. Mm. It, it's, I know. I've been dealing with it for 10 years with her. Mm. I know how emotional it is. Uh-huh. I, I... I'm a human being. I yeah. know. And we have AIDS. And I have to really have a conversation with myself about am yeah. I being realistic with what I expect or unrealistic? Yeah. Am I doing it for me or am I really doing it for my mom? It's very, very tough. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you can get somebody, as you say, hope, who has some objectivity, it helps. Yes. It helps. Yeah. And did you hire somebody to work with you or did you, did you kind of keep it in-house for, for you no, with I, your mom? No, I, 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 I did the hiring myself. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I knew. Which you, yeah. Right, I knew. No, no, <laughs> uh-huh. I, that was the benefit. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> but that's not to say it's not difficult. Oh, yeah. Difficult. It's still difficult. It's yeah, still regardless. Yeah. difficult. You know, my, my immediate is my mom is sleeping more. So my knee-jerk reaction is, why isn't the aide getting her up? She should be getting her up. She shouldn't be sleeping. And I had another conversation with myself saying... It's okay for her to sleep. It has nothing to do with the aid. It's the progression of the disease. disease yeah. And I have to come to terms with this. Yeah. So we all go through this, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. nice to have some help and some support. The, the other aspect of what I do is I also, in, you know, my tag is that I care for the caregiver, and I also look. Uh, to what I can take off the plate for the caregiver. Mm-hmm. And that can be, and I ask questions, what don't you want to be doing? And that can be everything from, I was never responsible to pay the bills before. My husband paid the bills. Now I have to do all of this and I have to do all the bookkeeping. How would you feel about if I found a bookkeeper for you? to come in once a month. Mm-hmm. I don't want to involve my children. How about if you had somebody? Wow. How about if you had a mobile dentist that came in so you wouldn't have to take wow. your husband to the dentist? I didn't even know about Absolutely. Wow. Really? That's my nice. job. Okay. And the more questions I ask, uh-huh. even if I don't know the answer, I'm going to find it. Uh-huh. I'm going to find somebody. How long is your comprehensive sheet? That thing must be like four pages. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> but you get all the answers. I got to get all the <laughs> exactly. answers. Because going back to what you said, uh-huh. every situation is different. different. Yeah. And I want, my job is to keep the caregiver's head above water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, if it's possible, to really give the caregiver a break. Where I'm going to hear, I don't want to burden my children. They work. I really don't want to discuss it with my friends. Yeah. So they are isolated, and it's so common for caregivers to be isolated, and I am not going to allow that to happen mm-hmm. because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in my work, I always deal with a situation. I say there's a tipping point and they're reactive. Mm-hmm. I want to move. I always plant a little seed so they can be proactive. So I'll say something to a caregiver. When things are kind of in place, you may be, this might be crazy, but maybe in a couple of months you could go away for a weekend. No, I'm not saying now. I'm, I'm just saying maybe because I have to plant mm-hmm. the seed for mm-hmm. caregivers to start thinking about how they can ultimately take care of themselves and have a life beyond caregiving. Because if you don't, you're sinking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very true. Wow. Thank you so much, Vivian. How can people get in touch with you to find out about your services? 
I have a website. All right. And it's Vivian Green Corner, corner with a K, viviangreencorner.com. And they can call me at 201-960-4277. In addition to having local caregivers, I have long-distance caregivers that live out of state. And then I become the boots on the ground for them. So they can contact me on my website and call me. Nice. Nice. Thank you so much, Vivian. Wow. That was was informative and I I learned a lot. And you're going to need it at some point. Somebody, you know, with your experience and specialties. um, And you're doing the Lord's work (laughs) because, wow, that's, yeah. It, it, is. It, it that that's a painful situation for any family to go through and and thank you for for helping so many families because that is needed let's also mention vivian that you have a couple of speaking engagements coming up yes i do i want to know about um well i have something local that's happening right here at the senior center in tenafly uh, it's a topic that always comes up that people want to know the difference between normal aging and dementia am i getting it or not yeah. um in the spring in may i am uh presenting at a breakout sen- uh, s- session for the annual conference for the alzheimer's association mm-hmm in their Westchester Hudson chapter. And people can go on Alzheimer's um, Association for their upcoming conference where I will be presenting there. Um, And I am working on... Oh, what was the first date for the first... Oh, my goodness. You know what? Um, The first one is coming up now in March. I'll post it on my website if people want to go there. And this may be done before <laughs> that one may be done before we get out. But okay. The May one. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Is there a date? Um, the May one, I have a date, but I'm suggesting that people go on so, Alzheimer's Association, uh, Westchester Hudson chapter, and it will be right there on their front page. All right. Thank and they you. can register too. Yeah. So, I would also like to ask our listeners to give us some feedback because mm-hmm. I'm thinking that it might be very worthwhile to do, you know, we do regular speaker breakfasts and we usually do business topics, but we do also do health topics. Like a couple of years ago, we talked about lower back pain and how we can avoid it, help it and so forth. So mm-hmm. this is such an important topic that I think touches so many people. Please reach out to me at the chamber, 201-944-7575, or my email, director at fortleechamber.com. And let me know if you would be interested in a speaker breakfast where Vivian could go over these kind of situations. And if you have specific things that you'd like answered, you can either reach her and have them answered, or we'll do the breakfast, you can have them answered there. But I would like to to get a kind of temperature check on if we have a group that is mm-hmm. worth, you know, putting this together for, because I'd really love to do it if that's the case. Mm-hmm. All so. right. Yes. And please yeah, leave your reviews as well mm-hmm. <laughs> for the podcast. Uh, we're, we're growing steadily, steadily, steadily. Um, thank you guys, everybody, for listening um, on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, all the good stuff. Um, 
thank you for listening to um, the stories again. Um, this is what it's about: um, finding out what each other does and being able to use those those specialties and mm-hmm. uh, and growing and and all of that. So thank you from um, Vivian, Hope, and myself. Let's go. The Fort Lee Regional Chamber of Commerce is your resource portal for business information and contacts. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you're leaving with some great things that can help you and your community every day.